And in three, two, one. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Investment Income Property. Oh, I can't even get it today, guys. Investment <laughs> Property Income Podcast. My name is Jeff Eady, and joining me today, as always, is my good friend, the shining light of my life, Mr. Jonathan Tilger, one of Canada's top mortgage brokers. Jonathan, how are you today, sir? I am doing phenomenal, and, and I notice as we as as we have a phenomenal guest with us, you're you're stumbling over your words already. So we're off to a great start. How about you, how about you Jeff? <laughs> I am fantastic. It's been a long morning, and it's only eleven. Uh- <laughs> So I am super excited today. We have another incredible guest coming on here. More importantly, she's Canadian, which is even better because we don't always have Canadians on here, which is unfortunate. But I love the fact that what she's going to talk about today has um, 100% application in Canada. So uh, she actually has a really interesting journey that I'm, I'm excited to learn about. She was a single mom at 16, living in subsidized housing with uh, uh, her daughter in daycare, and all of a sudden became a multi-millionaire, what is it, a multi-millionaire real estate entrepreneur and coach. Uh, her major operations are long-term buy-and-hold rental apartment buildings. We love multifamily res. We talk about making the leap. Uh, I'm really excited to hear how, how that happened. Uh, claim to fame. $75 million in real estate uh, holdings within her portfolio. Although I just watched a webinar of yours and it says there's actually closer to $130 million, which is even cooler. <laughs> <laughs> that means I've been doing my research. <laughs> uh, and what I really love is that she uses the OPM, other people's money model. So I'm really excited to find out about that. Huge proponent of uh, inspiration, education, and she has a bunch of training that she offers as well uh, and then does real estate coaching and mindset Mondays on Facebook, which I've been tuning in for the mindset Mondays for the last couple of weeks. So without further ado, Mrs. Edna Keep, Edna, how, how, how are you? This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, you guys. This is going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's great. One of the um, one of my good friends and, and someone we work with quite a bit, Nancy, said that she's actually taking your course when we mentioned your name. She's like, oh, I know who that is. So okay. Okay. <laughs> that, that gets me even more excited. So, um, Edna, I, I, I don't ask normal questions. Most people probably don't want to know the same things that I do. I want to know about the muck and the mire. Let's start there. So 16 years old, single, single mom living in subsidized housing. I, I was born to a single mom. So this, this, she worked her tail off to give me everything. So can you tell me about the start? Sure. Uh, you know, uh, have you ever read uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, Why Do A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government? <laughs> I was a classic C student, you know? Yep. Uh, great at socializing, great at the classes I liked, no interest in the other stuff. So <clears throat> I, I think actually that C students have things about them that are just not recognized in school. <laughs> Sorry, I'm putting my hand up. Entrepreneurial <laughs> type can realize. Not that we were dumb. Uh, Richard Branson's a typical example. Mm-hmm. He actually had dyslexia, had a terrible time in school. It's that we don't fit in that mold. 
And, you know, if I'd have known then what I know now, I wouldn't have been so hard on myself, wouldn't have taken me so long to get out of it. But I was literally um, commended for not being that bright Uh, and and not dumb, but just like I was, I had an older brother that was like a student, best at sports, great guy, all around guy, ended up being a teacher. But living up to other people's expectations uh, was difficult for me. And I just went. Not doing it anymore. Uh, I got told, you know, and you got to learn to live within your means. Uh, at one point, I was earning $1,200 a month and had a $2,000 credit card debt. Well, that's huge, right? And um, and I got told, you got to learn to live within your means. And I kind of sat in that for a bit. And I went, you know, if I can learn something, I want to learn how to be rich. I don't want to learn how to live within my means. Yes. How many people do we know that study frugality? That is not in my wheelhouse anywhere. Like, I don't want to study how to be frugal. I Even to this day, uh, I walk into a store and some go, oh, wait, this is the sale rack. I don't want to look at your sale rack. Give me your newest stuff that walked in the door. <laughs> you know. It, so I think that that mindset shift is really what started at bringing me to where I am today because uh, I, I just always felt different from people I was growing up around. I always felt like uh, in, in a lot of cases, not good enough. But as I got older, I realized I just didn't fit into that mold. I didn't fit into that mold of being the best student, uh, you know, caring what the teachers all thought about me and all that kind of stuff. I really didn't care that much. <laughs> uh, and being a very social person, um, I, I believe in the long run, that's probably one of my biggest strengths. But back in the day, yeah, you were not commended for being a social person. Jonathan, did we not have this conversation this morning? <laughs> oh, we, we, we've had this conversation many times. And, and I agree. It's like, I think, I think in school, that's probably one of the biggest skills to learn. I mean, there are things, there, there are some academic things in certain professions you definitely need to learn in school. Yeah. But overall, the, the, the social skills are what gives you the ability to just connect with people and ultimately connect for, for, forget about business connecting pe- with people is what is what life is about yes and and being around like-minded people is the biggest thing you can do for yourself to make you grow too because it's like yeah you're really not that different than me i can learn what you did and and that i think is a really big key too is realizing that you know we're we're all similar and uh and we can take where we are and build it into whatever we want to with the right mindset oh, 100% you know i'm a big fan of tony robbins and and one of the things he says um he talks about like bridging gaps between cultures and whether you're black, brown, blue, polka dot doesn't matter um, because we all need love. We all need shelter. We all need food. We all need warmth. And by concentrating on what makes us the same, we can build out from there. And unfortunately in a world that's very, very divisive right now, we're looking at it the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and they're the, unfortunately, but the leaders of the world are trying to do that. They're trying to divide people and, you know, blacks against white and rich against poor and, and all that divisiveness does not help. Anybody. No, no. And, and the center of connection is, hey, we're the same in these ways. Let's build on this. Yeah. So was there a pivotal moment for you where you just got fed up and said, OK, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go learn. 
several times over my life. <laughs> you know, it still happened to me, you know, two years ago, I found myself talking to a mindset coach and I was like in tears on the phone. Like, I can't believe that I got to this point and, you know, this stuff is happening. This stuff is happening. So several times, but you know what I've learned that you know, we're all raised with paradigms and, and ways of thinking, limiting beliefs in every way, shape and form. And there's always new level, new devil. So when you're when you're wanting to grow to a new person and a new way of being and a new income level, whatever that happens to be, you've got to let the old one go. And <laughs> when I was sitting there in tears with my coach, he said to me, Edna, he said, you've set goals that are here. And you're, but you, you want to leave this, but you're also fighting it. So he said, you just got to let it go. And you know what? I don't know why it was, it, well, it was hard, difficult to let go because that was all part of my old self-image. And I wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking, well, I can keep that self-image and then just expand on it and get there. But you know what? Uh, and, and I usually have a sign behind me, but for some reason, my green screen, up, green screens up and it says, you can't leave, uh, you can't hit second base while your first, while your foot is still on first. And, and that's kind of where I was stuck. I, I wanted this so bad, but I wasn't ready to let go of this. And once I, once he, you know, brought that out of me, which is the power of working with a good coach, right? It was like, okay. I see now my old life is disintegrating, making way for my new life. So it was several, several times <laughs> in my life without even really realizing it. I've got myself in situations where it's like, how can this happen to me? And, and I changed it to why is this happening for me? Oh, oh, I love that. Such a huge shift. I was going to say, because in our, our conversation before this, we were talking about things happening and, and only becoming blessings later. Yeah. Yeah. And the faster we can get to this, that spot where it's a blessing, yeah. the faster we grow, you know, yeah. instead of sitting there and thinking, why is this happening to me? It's why is this happening for me? And you know, that, that was a big shift for me. When I look back and I think every single thing I've ever done in my life, including becoming a single mom at age 16 has brought me to where I am today. And I would not be where I am today if I hadn't went through all that crap, because, you know, you can shift your paradigms uh, by studying and planning and working towards your goals, but there's nothing that shifts your paradigm like shit hitting the fan. Completely adversity. When you're in a situation where I've got to change this now, and you're, you're sort of your backs up against the wall because you've got nowhere else to go. That's that, that moves things faster than anything else. Faster than anything. And then setting those big goals. It's like, okay, like I, I got to set different, bigger, bigger, bigger goals because I think the universe conspires to give you what you desire. And, and the, the, the bigger, the goal uh, you know, you you have to change as a person. You cannot be the same person two years out that you are today yep. if you're going after different, bigger, bigger goals. And I, I think what you just said there is key. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> you're unusually talkative, Jonathan. Yes, yes. Well, we, we're, we're in, in it. I'm very excited here. So, but just what you're saying there about about setting bigger goals, and I think that's one of the places where people get stuck. Is like, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I've met people who kind of like they knew out of high school exactly what they wanted to do. They got it. Then they spend the next 30 years doing that. They don't grow. They don't change. And they sort of you go back, you talk to that person like, wait, this is the same conversation I had with you 20 years ago Sad. Ver ver versus versus, as you said, it's like, no, once you get there, what's next? 
and let's 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 move the goalposts now. Let's let's make let what's my next challenge? What's my next objective? Because you're right. It's uh, as I I've heard said. Uh, I mean, you've got to be like a tree. A tree is doing one of two things. It's either growing or it's dying. Yeah, exactly right. And and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people peak in high school. You know, you notice that? <laughs> and, and, no, I've never seen it in my life. <laughs> the same conversations. Oh, I was the rock star. I was the football player. I was the A student. And it's like, yeah, get over that. There's so much more. You know, I'm so glad, even though high school was a tough time for me, that I never peaked in high school. <laughs> so I agree with you 100% there. <laughs> Again, C students. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the A students are all going to hear this at the end of this. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think it's um, school does not teach critical thinking. School teaches regurgitation and regurgitation is great as long as you're going to go work for somebody else. But when you get out in the world and, and like you said, the shit hits the fan, you need to understand um, how to think about it. I think that's, for me, been the biggest shift in my, we had an, uh, an event happen last week, JT, uh, without giving too much away, where we got the, you know, the, the rug pulled out from under us on a, on a deal. Yeah. And within a half an hour, I called him back, all excited about plan B. And he's like, this is what I love about you. It's a half an hour later. Because <laughs> you're asking why is this happening for me? It's not why is yeah. it happening to me? Oh, it's all, oh, it's all doom and gloom. And oh my God, I can't recover. It's like, what do I need to learn from this? And the faster you yeah. can make that happen, the faster you can move on, right? A hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's not about how many times you get knocked down. It's how quickly you get back up. Do you stay there? Yeah. I mean, everyone, I mean, as Jeff was saying about last week, I had, I'd say a day where I was like, I wasn't feeling myself. I was, all right, you know what? That just happened. Yeah, we had a new game plan, but still, it took it took the action of actually implementing it. Okay, now I start feeling it. So yeah. I mean, I I had about a day where I was like, no. It took me a day to get going, but but you gotta you gotta know you know what action 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 taking well, the next step people, and moving. Yeah, a lot of people think that they're going to get the feeling that they want to get into action. <laughs> where it's actually the action that puts you into the feeling, right? And a lot of people don't don't ever get that. Oh, someday I'm going to feel like it. Someday I'm going to feel like, no, you probably never will. Dennis Joplin said, someday never comes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, and no, you're 100% right about that. Like, I never feel like going to the gym, but I feel great when I come out of it. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the shift from, from being a worker for somebody else to working for yourself. How long did that transition take for you? Well, you know, being a single mom, I couldn't just leave one and go to another, right? Mm -hmm. So just out of high school, I had what was considered a good job compared to my peers. I worked in a doctor's office, nine to five, Monday to Friday. My, my, my friends were, you know, servers and retail staff. And they all, oh, and you got the ideal job. And it was like, for a little while, I thought so too, till my income never went up. And then it was like, I got to do something on the side. And, and when I was off from school, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I took correspondence courses. And I thought that was pretty easy for me. Maybe I'll do more. So I studied, I took a secretarial course and a bookkeeping course, and then an office administration course. And everyone took me to a next uh, job. 
Um, and then when, when I was in my last job before I became a financial advisor, uh, you know, it was a big step up for me. I was managing an office. I had staff. I was working with uh, like 100 guys out in the field. And, and, I, and I liked it. But again, got bored. It was, was um, very, very good to a certain extent, but kind of limiting. There was nowhere, nowhere to go. And so I actually answered an ad. Uh, I could see this guy advertising, looking for somebody to help him with his financial planning business, at which I had no idea what that was. But I seen the ad over and over again. And I thought, this guy's not finding what he's looking for. I should apply to this ad. So the ad actually was for a network marketing company called Primerica, which was my first step into being a started in MLM. I I was just speaking at a weekend event and, and all the speakers on stage were real estate, but it's amazing how many of us have dabbled in MLM. There's so many good parts of it, but that's where I got my start. And, and of course I had to do it on the side because I can't give up a good paying job to, you know, go to school. So I, I was doing that. And then, um, my boss at the time I worked at a construction company, he allowed me to set up a group plan, instant 100 uh, clients, right? Nice. Mandatory plan. It wasn't even uh, uh, optional. It was mandatory because he was finding that people were leaving our company to go to like government agencies, similar like SAS Power, as opposed to the, the power line construction company we were because they were getting pensions and stuff. And he thought, okay, well, I pay more. So let's, make them put a little bit aside to their pension and we'll match and all this kind of stuff. And that was kind of the birth of my financial planning practice. And um, within a, a start. few years, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really. Good I really built on that from there. And uh, at one point I was working uh, four days a week there, still getting paid the same thing and, and studying the other uh, three days to build the financial planning. So then of course the day comes where I, and, and the only thing my boss said to me was just, and I know you're going just give me as much notice as you possibly can so I can replace you. So I did. I gave him, I think it was either three or six months notice. It was a long time. And I moved on to uh, becoming a financial advisor, which is a hundred percent sales. You eat what you kill. Yep. Yep. And um, <laughs> that was the biggest, biggest step for me. I, I was earning, and, and I'm always a numbers person when it comes to talking about this, because it shows the growth as far as I'm concerned. Um, when I was working as an office administrator, I was earning 43,000 a year. And I'd earned 20000 on the side being an advisor as a part-time position. And my, my manager at the time said, Edna, he said, you don't have to earn as much as you are to earn, to, to live the lifestyle you have, because it's different when you're self-employed. You have expenses you can write off and different stuff like that. But uh so he convinced me I should go full time. And I did. And it was a big step, a few sleepless nights and stuff like that. But my, my old boss, he kind of took some pressure off to me, off of me. And he said, you know, Edna, if anything ever doesn't work out and not for a minute, do I think it, it won't, you will always have a job for me. I'll find one for you. Cause he just loved me. I worked there for eight years. And, but I went on and the, my first year full time, I made 67,000. My second year full time, I hired an assistant, made 187,000. Nice. And then it, it up from there. And, you nice. know, that's when I really got the feeling that, okay, this goal setting stuff, this mindset stuff, all this think and grow rich, you know, I'm so happy and grateful now that I are, that all works for me. Yep. And, uh, and then like, then of course I got into real estate from there, but you know, it was kind of another transition. I did it on the side for the first uh, 18 months, bought 50 doors 
in their first 18 months, uh, condo converted a building, bought bought at 75,000 a door, sold them out at between 120 and 140. And it was like, that was, that was big. So we did that in the course of our first 18 months in real estate. So I sold my financial planning practice and went into real estate full time. Wow. Wow. In 18 months, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. And, and I was averaging making about 250000 a year as a financial advisor, which in my mind, like I, I was there for eight years, kind of making that, um, that amount of money. I was already way beyond what I'd ever thought I could be in the past. Like I, 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 I remember having a gold man, if I could earn a hundred thousand a year, like who would ever need more than that? Right. Who would yeah. ever need more than that? It was like, wow, that's like everything right now. I'm not happy earning a hundred thousand a month. You know, those are mindset shifts. Yeah. Have you ever achieved a goal and been um, disappointed by it? Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one, one of our challenges that we got into is I, I was always kind of on the capital raising side and I always had managing partners looking after our deals. And uh, I always thought that was the best fit. But then I got greedy and I went, well, why am I raising money for other people? I'll just hire staff and, you know, I'll do it on my own. I'll own the building way more. And uh, we, we bought two buildings like that. And I hated it. it took me <laughs> years to get out of it because you can't just give it away. You got investors. Yeah, all this kind of stuff but really realizing what your wheelhouse is is so important uh and and that was not mine like i i like the purchasing part of it i like get putting the financing in place investors in place but after that it's like here's the baby here's the baby i made go grow it up <laughs> you know and and i learned that like through different um ceos of business like even in network marketing they would bring in people that would grow the business to this level. And then they would uh, either let those people go and bring in new people. And, and one guy I spoke to one time, he says, well, they never let me go. He says, that was my role. My role was growing it to here. That's my expertise. Then the next level is a new expertise. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a really great way of thinking things. So they didn't let you go. No, that, that was my time frame at that business. That's my specialty. Now I go back to another business, do the same thing. And I thought that was a really cool way to think. That's a really cool way to think. And it's all about getting to know yourself, your strengths, and what you're best at, mm -hmm. and not feeling like you have to do everything. And, and at the that's... same time, I, I just look at, at partnerships, because you mentioned about having the partners with the other ones who you thought, hey, you can, but it's having partners who, who have the complement of skills, the things that, the things that they're good at that are like, I despise that part of the business you love that great well i, I do this well, great well i despise well it works perfect and that, that's i mean part, part of the reason why jeff and i work work well together is i because... hate excel <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and he gets weirdly excited about it yeah. Yeah. So true. <laughs> um, Edna, I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up here because I think we've covered a lot of the mindset and uh, I, I really want to get another episode in with you. So okay. I, I'd love to talk about your system and all of the stuff that you do, but I think really covered mindset very well on this. So if you don't mind, I'm, I'm, wow. I'm going to cut this one a little bit short, move on to the another episode so that we, we, we really bite, make this content bite size. Cause I think your um, expertise in mindset is 
really important. And I, I want I want people to understand a lot of what you said. So do you want to kind of summarize what you believe are the most important things when it comes to mindset uh, in building whatever business it is, but you know, specifically real estate here? You know, there's a few things. One is to get around like-minded people because in the employee world, everybody's going to tell you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't because that's how they think. So getting around like-minded people, people who, who have been there, done that, working with a coach. I've worked with a coach, never been without one since 1999. I hired my first one, Dan Sullivan's. I grew up actually when oh, he was yeah. a wonderful advisor. Nice. Um, huge. And, uh, you know, so... So being around like-minded people and having coaches, you know, there's a, there's a stat out there and I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but I actually keep it on my desk because I think it's so important. People who earn less than hundred thousand dollars a year, zero coaches, people who earn a hundred to 250,000 a year, one coach, people who earn 250 to 500,000 a year, two coaches, people who earn a million dollars a year and above four or five coaches. Mm big believer in that because you can't always see your blind spots and you mm -hmm. aren't even aware. You're not even, you don't even know what you don't know. <laughs> and if you stay down hanging around with people who don't know, don't know, that's all you absorb. You start getting around people who are more aware, more self-actualized. It just opens, mm -hmm. opens the door uh, to what's possible out there. A hundred percent. I saw that you, uh, you were a recipient of a rain award in 2015, we're big fans of, well, I don't know if Jonathan is, but I'm a big fan of Rain. Don Campbell's done a great job with that group. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things we say, Rain, if you're going to join a group that's not a meetup, Rain is, is one of the best. Um, just to get around people who believe things are possible in this world. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, think, I think the most defeating thing you can ever hear from, from a loved one is, well, I hope it works out for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I can't for a minute see that in you. But you know, that's a power of a coach too. They see the future you when the people around you see the existing you. You yep. know, even breaking the old paradigm, like I've got family and friends who, you know, when I was a financial advisor, I would try to talk to them about money. They still remember me as being the $1,200 a month earner with a $2,000 credit card debt, right? <laughs> and, and, you know, it's hard to get past some of those uh, self-limiting images that people have. Yeah, absolutely. JT, anything you want to say to wrap this episode up? Uh, just, I mean, phenomenal having you on here, what you're saying about coaches. I mean, look, look, at, look at any great sports team. Yeah. And regardless of the players, there's always is a good coach who, as you say, will see the blind spots. We'll see, hey, here's how, here's the stuff when you're out there on the court, on the rink arena, whatever it is, here's the stuff you're not seeing just because I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Exactly. I, I've, I've got an experience. I'm looking at it from a different angle and I'm seeing what the pieces around you are there. Whereas you're just seeing, hey, you see this, you, you, but it's helping you see those blind spots and helping, helping see alternative ways to look at things and do things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And now where can people find you? Uh, the best way to find me is on my website, ednakeep.com. And um, I'm all over social media as well. And if they uh, type in uh, Edna Keep, they'll find me. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. I absolutely. really, my pleasure. 
really appreciate your time. Jonathan, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you too, sir. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can certainly go to our website and download the Investment Property Income Book at investmentpropertyincomebook.com or shoot Jonathan an email to find out more about our guests or uh, some of the strategies that they discuss, uh, especially Edna Keep today. If you don't get a hold of her, we can certainly put you in touch. Uh, that's Jonathan at amortgageplan.com. And of course, you can find the, uh, find the podcast on all of the major platforms, Spotify, Google, Amazon, all of that. Jonathan, Edna, especially, thank you so much today. I've really enjoyed this conversation and thank you for joining us. Have a fantastic day and we'll talk to you soon.